What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Freestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Ting, and today I have a very special guest. She's a very good friend of mine. Her name is She. She's actually one of the line cooks right now at Chambers, which is a restaurant in New York City. She's a James Beard Beard House fellow, and she's also a Twitch affiliate, although she hasn't been streaming as much recently. Um, and fun fact is that Chambers, the restaurant itself, only opened a few months ago, and a food critic pretty well-known food critic, Pete Wells, reviewed it and gave it very nice, good review, uh, which included two stars, which is very good. Uh, and her dish was actually featured on the front page of that review. So I'm super excited to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Hello. Um, <laughs> I'm a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be nervous. All right, I'll, I'll jump straight into it so you could you have something to answer. But we're going to kind of go in the middle and then we're going to go like pre-content creation then we're going to talk about what's coming up after so we're going to start with the middle first so awesome. recently your life life has been getting more of a spotlight right um showing off your cooking your projects everything that you have going on and everything that you're pursuing in your career but things were very different i would say like even a year ago and that's how we kind of met and how i assume uh most people that are going to be listening to this know of you uh, through content creation and through streaming. So I want to know kind of the backstory of she, the the student, the cook, and how she turned in and when Haroshi was introduced and how it was separated. So I guess before I started Twitch streaming, I never knew of Twitch. Like I wasn't, I wasn't a viewer. Um, I did not know what Twitch was until like one day I just stumbled upon the platform and you know I'm your usual gamer like I played a lot of Call of Duty, League of Legends, all that stuff. I played a lot of FPS games growing up but I don't know I think I just like stumbled upon Twitch one day and then I was like oh what is this platform and I was like you can make income from gaming and streaming. I was like since I'm a gamer myself, you know, I was like, why not do Twitch? So that's how I got started on Twitch. But everything was really new to me. I did not know what I was doing. <laughs> I was just going with the flow, to be honest. Um, and then next thing you know, I was just streaming on Twitch for two years. Which that's is awesome, though. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, so so you, you found out Twitch was a platform where you could stream uh, mm -hmm. games that you already played um to, to make some extra side income yeah. um and you started incorporating some cooking streams into your your streams um but you kind of kept your prior your your life like being a cook and everything kind of separate from streaming so mm -hmm. is there a reason why you kept that separate and like how did you kind of come up with Haroshi like where did that name come from what inspired oh. that name <laughs> Um, to be honest, it's really simple. It's just Haro, which is like hello. And then my name, <laughs> she is she. So it's Haro, she. I was like, oh, that's that's kind of cute. It's like, why not use it? Um, very simple. Nothing, nothing behind that meaning. It's just my name. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but uh, other than that, um, I definitely kept streaming um different aside from my private life, which is I was a line cook. Um I guess like I just wanted to start a new project on the side and 
I wasn't really sure if I was going to continue this. So I just kept it private, a secret. Like, I wouldn't think that I would, like, do it for two years. I thought I was just going to do it for fun for, like, a few months, right? And see how it is. And then next thing you know, I was buying, like, Stream Deck, new webcam, like, new microphone. And, like, I was just investing, like, all the equipment. And it was, like, you know, it just snowballed from there. Yeah, so for those of you listening, you can't see right now, but she's set up. She's got the secret lab gaming chair. The <laughs> mic is all set up nice right in front of the the, the webcam. Webcam is crisp, <laughs> professional headset. Looks like it's wireless. Like she's got all of it. Um, so what, what was it like streaming on Twitch? How did you kind of, what, so it, it was originally something that you just did as a pastime, right? But I feel like it evolved into something so much more where you became sort of, or you started building this community uh, that I now see constantly supporting you with everything that you do, which is super awesome. Like how, what do you think you did that to kind of foster this community, the supporting community behind you? Um, I think that, well, first, I do want to thank my community because, like, they're super awesome. They're super, super supportive. Even after I stopped streaming, which is this year, January, was my last stream. So um, super thankful and super grateful for everything they've done for me. Um, it's like, you know, what can I do to give back to them? That's usually always my thought. It's like, what can I do to give back to them for supporting me? Um, but so how did I foster this community, you ask? Yeah, like, what, what would you say is, like, something that you did to bring together so many people into the same place? Because, you know, I, I was able to be a part of your community and meet a whole bunch of new friends through it, you know, and, mm -hmm. that, and not everyone is able to do that, especially uh, as you were considered like, a smaller streamer. Usually that's that's not the case until like you're a larger somewhat mm -hmm. streamer, right? So what do you think you did while you were streaming that really kind of set you apart to to build to build the community that I joined to become friends with everyone that that was in it? I feel like there's not much like reasoning behind that. I think everything just came together naturally. I think for me as a person, I just like to see every time I meet someone on Twitch, it's like, oh, this is an individual. And oh, what do you do? What are you, what are your talents? Or even if you're not focused on anything, like what do you do as a hobby? And I think that's just like, there's something special with every individual. And I think being accepted of that throughout my community brought a lot of different people together, which cre created like, this amazing like group of people if that makes sense it, it does I, would you say that um I don't want to put words in your mouth but <laughs> would you say that like um when you ask right some people ask just for the sake of asking but you ask because you were genuinely genuinely curious about what they they did who they were and like what kind of person they were yeah I think that's like I think, yeah, what you said was definitely um, how I would try to word it. <laughs> okay. um, you worded it perfectly. I'm, I'm a, you know, yeah, a little nervous, but yes, that is, uh, that's don't what worry. I mean. <laughs> don't worry. But I, I want to summarize that really quick because mm -hmm. you, you, it's a simple concept that a lot of people 
are struggling with because there's a lot of people out there that want to create communities that love each other that have like create great friendships and great bonds but a lot of them try to do all of these crazy things that are not simple right you, you go out and you buy a whole bunch of stuff you you go out and you like set up your stream in some fancy way rgb lights like all that stuff but at the end of the day like what really matters is like you just caring and you mm. caring about the people that are joining uh and that because that's what you, your answer in your answer that's that's what you said was pretty much all you did and because of that you were able to create such a supporting community or supportive community out of it. Mm, yes. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, I never thought about it. So it's like, it's just like pretty unexpected to be asked that, I think. I think it's like pretty natural. It's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I do. <laughs> I, just, I just, you know, hey, let's be friends. I think you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're awesome. And I want to get to know you. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I feel like that's lost though sometimes, especially in like today's society where mm -hmm. like everything is, I, I don't want to, I, I don't like generalizing, but I feel like there's so many things that are like super transactional where like mm. you go in and you, you're seeking something out of a certain exchange as opposed mm -hmm. to just what you're doing, which is like just getting to know people because they're cool and you want to learn about them. So yeah. what, you, what you do is actually very, it's rare and that's why you're able to do what you do from from my point of view oh thank you <laughs> thank you so before before streaming though um yeah. and even now you're you're back on your cook cooking grind you're 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 chefing it up you're you're a line <laughs> cook right now um tell me about so i i know you've mentioned that your your dad is a huge inspiration to you um mm -hmm. and kind of like what got you into the culinary world um what was it about watching him what did he do that kind of inspire you to to take this path of culinary arts and like when when was that walk me through kind of like when that switch happened or that interest started wow um this goes back a long long time ago like mm -hmm. when I was very very young um so I'm from Malaysia so I feel like even like back from like when my grandma or like my relatives would cook I would just watch them just as like you know younger child at home and just sitting doing nothing watching tv but you would watch your grandma on the side cook right so I think that definitely influenced me um but it definitely transitioned to my dad because my dad is um a chef um, he worked also front of the house. He's not retired since he's, you know, a little old now. Um, but it's good though, because it's really, really like physically like labor intensive, this field. Um, but he used to own a restaurant. And as a child, I was like, what, nine years old, 10 years old, maybe I would just run around his restaurant and I would just see everything that's happening. Like, it's kind of crazy. I shouldn't be running around as a little girl in a restaurant but I did and then I guess it kind of like intrigued me like how everything just worked and I was always curious of everything um it was a Japanese restaurant and they would have like these like I remember these like little crabs in a bowl and I would just take them out and I would just play with them 
um <laughs> super super weird but yes um very vivid memory of mine um or sometimes like I would help dry dishes just for fun um I don't know I think just seeing my dad just being around food definitely influenced me or just being in the industry himself and like just naturally I was around that because of him so you were was there any point in time where it was a you were influenced into this is what I want to do I think I kind of knew really early on in middle school oh wow so in middle school eighth grade I was like I want to go to this school and learn culinary and which is why I went to food and finance high school um and they were like one of the first back when I went to that high school they were one of like the first public high schools in New York City that offered like culinary and baking classes so I wanted to go there and this was back in eighth grade yeah eighth grade so you went to a specialized high school for culinary or yeah they had mm -hmm, it was like semi but now it's definitely more developed they have like more programs that help kids now which is awesome did you at any point in time think about the other options that were out there so as a middle schooler you know you have so many different especially in new york city there's so many different options. There's so many things, so many schools. Um, and and you decided on on culinary. Was there ever a a hint of like, oh, but what if I did this? Or what if what if this is more interesting? Oh, definitely. I think so, yeah. I think, but the, the problem was I wasn't sure. That's why I didn't choose it. But I was sure of cooking. That's why I chose it. That was that was like the what's the word? the defining point (laughs) yeah yeah I would say the defining point of like oh I'm unsure of if I wanted to go to Baruch high school and like study science or math but then I was really sure I was like cooking I want to do this this is cool I was like let me get into this and see where that brings me so what what was like the first the first dish that you can remember being exposed to and what was your first dish that you were like you made and you were proud of? Exposed to? What other than other dish? than the crabs in the bowl that you were playing with. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um first dish I was exposed to that I remember that like just like kind of like blew your mind. Like food is amazing. Like I wanna pers- I wanna I wanna cook. I wanna make stuff like this. Um I feel like there wasn't really like one dish. It's like multiple of memories. Okay. Multiple. Let's let's hear let's hear. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is definitely from when I was back in Malaysia. It's just like snippets in my like mind. Um, so I remember there was one time where I was sitting with a family on the side of the road. Like there's no concrete road in Malaysia. So I'm from Ipoh. And like we were eating like this like bowl of like fish ball soup. Fish balls are super, super tiny, but super good, super tasty. <laughs> and then like on the side, you would just see a cow passing by, just walking. And it's super normal. That's one of them. Um, I just remember those like, I just want to go back in time. I don't know if this shop still exists, but it was super good. Um, what's next? 
second one uh man there's so many so if you ever go to malaysia if you get tofu fa tofu hua have you had it before is it it's like silky tofu i think so okay <laughs> um but wow tofu fa it's so freaking good it's like it just melts into your mouth and like you know the chew it you just like swallow it and then they have like this golden syrup and it's like super 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 good i i know what you're talking about uh yes. the, the, everybody who's listening right now i i can't <laughs> remember the english translation Douhua is like a soybean tofu but not tofu sort of dish that could be either savory or sweet uh in this case we're talking a sweet with the syrup and it, it is yes. it is really really good i don't know how to look for it in english but um if if you ever are visiting malaysia or any asian country uh, you could try and and let them know that you're looking for douhua or yes. or what what is it in malaysian oh in canto uh okay oh, canto uh daofufa yeah. <laughs> <laughs> super good if you ever ever tried it before you have to try it so do you think now um because i i know your your like malaysian cuisine has a huge inspiration on on what you're working on and what you want to do down the line uh do you ever look and and think about that fishball experience and wanting to recreate it in the states for everybody oh definitely like okay so yeah. with the cow walking by and everything. I know. I don't know about that one. Maybe I'll do like a plastic cutout of a cow on the side of my shop or something. So I'm I'm looking forward to your your eventual food truck or or um cafe location, brick and mortar location where like I'm expecting like and everybody else who's listening, uh, we can all expect. I hope we can all expect. <laughs> Uh, to get the same experience you did when when you were a kid and you were younger, where you were getting to, where you got to eat fish balls on the on the curb and then watch cows walk by. Yes, I'll make that happen. All right, perfect. <laughs> Do you have a time? You have a timeline for that? No. When can I? When when can we expect that? Um, I don't know. Keep me on track, Derek. <laughs> you'll, you'll be the one who, who will keep you on track. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Twenty twenty four. Um, oh, very <laughs> soon. Yes. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, so skipping the the or going past the the cows and the fish balls. Uh, where, why do you think you want to do Malaysian food specifically so much? I think. Well, I do notice that I definitely feel a disconnect to my own culture being that I was raised in New York City um I mean I was born in Malaysia but I came to the States when I was like five years old so like there's definitely that disconnection between me and home and I've definitely struggled with like culture identity where I'm like oh where do I belong or like where's my culture like what do I know and that definitely play like a big had a definitely had a big impact in me growing up and like I think now at this age I'm like oh I want to revisit my roots and I feel like there's nothing wrong with that 
um, even, you know, for anyone out there that's like struggling with this, like there's nothing wrong with going back to your roots and wanting to like, you know, figure it out, like research on it or like just, you know, get to know it yourself. And I think that's super important. And I think definitely like this past year, it was like a realization to me. I'm like, oh, I have to do this. I think this will help me. And like kind of one of my goals is to kind of bring exposure to Malaysian cuisine in the States because I feel like it's kind of underrated. Um, so and Malaysian food is super, super good, guys. If you never tried it before, it's like awesome. It's amazing. The flavors are always on point. Um, but I feel like it's super underrated in America. So that's definitely one of the things I want to do in the future, you know. And other than that, it's also for myself too. I love that. I, 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 it excites me because it's what I'm, it's similar to what I'm doing, um, with, with Taiwanese cuisine. Uh, but what she says is a hundred percent true. Malaysian cuisine is underrated. It's, it's not, it's one of those cuisines that you don't really hear. It's one of those Asian cuisines that you don't really get a chance to experience because there's just not that many spots to go to for Mm -hmm. it. But also it's not advertised as much. Most of them are mom and pop shops. They, they're not social media marketers. They're not marketing on Facebook ads. They're not putting themselves out there to, to kind of uh, keep up with the, the trends of, of how word gets around these days. And so I, I love what you're trying. I love what you're going for. I love your goals and, and what you're going to do with uh, Malaysian cuisine. Um, and 2024 you know it's it's happening so <laughs> I, I'm super excited uh I guess 2024 is only in a year and a month right is it a year? oh my goodness I thought it was two years <laughs> oh so it is so in a year and a month's time we what, what, can, we, what can we expect <laughs> now you're putting a lot of pressure on me sir <laughs> I, I I I am but I want to I want to hear I want to hear what plans you have for what you want to do with Malaysian cuisine and uh, not even Malaysian cuisine specifically, but like what you want to do uh, in the next year or so with your cooking career. Mm. <clears throat> Let's see. There are definitely a lot of things in my mind that I want to bring to life. Um, I am struggling to juggle with it right now because I am working full time, but with my free time, I'm trying my best to invest into the future projects I want to bring to life. Um, but let's see. One of the projects I do want to bring to life is uh, selling my own condiments, um, specifically sambal. <laughs> Ooh, yes, that was so good. That was so good. <laughs> that was so good. So, yeah, she had she had a, um, the James Beard Beardhouse Fellows, they had their own meal boxes. And she had, I, I, I'm going to let her explain it, but she had sambal in it and it was amazing. I wish there was more, like I could eat a jug of that, <laughs> but, but I'll have you explain that uh, alongside like your future plans. Okay. Um, should I continue my future plans? Yes, 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 yes. Yes, okay. So there's the sambals in there too. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um. So that's definitely one of the goals uh, I want to achieve is, selling my own sambal you know jarring them um and then see where that brings me and then of course um 
see where sambal brings me and then try to develop some snacks like from you know Malaysian cuisine and start selling that hopefully be able to create my own brand and then start doing pop-ups I think that would be super cool and then yeah I feel like I'll definitely be able to do that next year Oh, twenty twenty three. That is my goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love gonna that. go for okay. it. Yeah. So, have you thought about names yet? Quick sidetrack. Names? Uh, brainstorming right now. Yeah, I am currently so, brainstorming. So I, I have a few. <laughs> so you, you know, you know how your screen name is Haroshi. Yes. So obviously like i sent this one to you already but she knows what's good food you know oh i think goodness. that's so amazing you put your name in there <laughs> i think um I, I do see all your recommendations oh uh, there's 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 so many <laughs> but the sambal that you want to bring was part of the james beard box that you had what was it like creating that meal package um and actually before that mm. congratulations on being a beard house fellow that is, is for those of you who actually for those people who aren't familiar with what james beard who james beard is and what his program is could you how would you describe it to them wow you know it is super, it's a it is such an honor to be part of the James Beard Foundation, like even just part of their family, because like to me, I feel like in the food industry, James Beard Foundation is like Oscars. <laughs> That's how I would describe it to people uh, that don't know about James Beard. Yeah, that it's a super big thing. That's at crazy. least for me. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Well, I mean, like Oscars at as Oscars is to acting, James Beard would be to cooking food industry yeah i would say food to the food industry so that just gives you guys uh, an idea a perspective of how incredible she really is um which is i it's i'm i was so happy for you and i'm still happy because it's super exciting to to watch and hear um but i want to hear about what does it kind of what does it mean to you specifically to be selected and to be a part of that family that foundation um <clears throat> so I became part of the JVF family um when I was selected to be one of the fellows uh under one of the programs um the Beard House Fellows Program uh, where I recently completed and was able to create a meal kit that was sold nationally in the United States. Um, to be honest, you asked me one year ago, one year ago, me would, would, would be like, me, part of Jayster Foundation? Never, right? I would never expect it. But I think um, the application process happened back in like early this year, uh, maybe March, April. And at that time, I was starting my new full-time job. And I definitely had that hesitation where I was like, oh, am I able to juggle my full-time job five days, you know, a week as a line cook where I'll be working like nine, 10 hours a day 
and also juggle this 10-week program that's offered by James Beard Foundation. And then, you know, there's just something in me and I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and I applied <Yes>. for it. <laughs> and I applied for it. I, I think I talked to you about it too. And I was like asking you for advice. Um, I definitely asked yes. my friends for <laughs> advice. And then everyone was like, yeah, you should do it. If you really want to do it, you should do it. And I did it. And then here I am. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> thank you to you guys. I, I, I would like to thank my friends for pushing me to do this because, you know, yeah, I'll, there's definitely a hesitation. It's you, you, I feel like you and a lot of people underestimate what you guys like are capable of. Uh, like, you also don't know until you try. So, that's very true. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm very glad that you, I mean, obviously, we had some impact as friends. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like at the end of the day, you had to make that decision. So I'm very mm-hmm. glad that you made the decision to make life just a little bit harder, <laughs> but but so that you could reap the the feelings, the appreciativeness and everything that you can feel now as a result of completing it and, and going through that process and now being a part of their network of everything. Yeah, it's it's it's. It's crazy. It's still like hard to believe, to be honest. It's like, I still think about it. I'm like, wow, like, I can't believe I get to meet all these amazing people and this be in this amazing organization and just like do cool events with them. And I think it's just like, I'm just super thankful to be able to do this. Like I would have never thought until I tried, you know? But that's a lesson though, right? Like Mm -hmm. you, you would have never thought unless you tried. Yes. And I feel like so many people forget the part where they try Mm. and they don't get a chance they don't even have a chance to achieve what they're thinking of because they don't try Mm -hmm. but you would have never thought if you never like once you start trying then something form like something comes together and whether or not that becomes you be becoming like a james beer house fellow or something even close to it right at least you try like the the Mm -hmm the oh well is a hundred times and always better than the what if because the what if you ponder yeah exactly yes I agree I agree definitely yeah very true yeah Yeah. the what if you always ponder like whoa what if I did this what if Mm -hmm. this happened what if this like what if it went wrong what if it went right like nobody ever considers that um what what if everything goes in the way that you want it to not that it does most of the time (laughs) but what if it does like you you don't know that um yeah yeah and if you try your hardest and you missed it oh well now you know for next time that now you know what you need to do for next time but if you Mm -hmm. never if you don't even try then it's just like oh wow it'd be nice (laughs) what if (laughs) what if yeah Yeah. i agree definitely the the, walk walk us through the inspiration behind your your meal kit for James for the James Beard meal kit um but also your inspiration behind the dishes that you come up with Ooh, good question so um being a part of the fellows program uh 
for those of you who don't know, uh, it was a 10-week program where they offer young chefs or young and rising chefs um, by they offer them like expertise from other people that are in the field where they teach you like financial literacy and like media, social media and all that stuff that is necessary to kind of like, if you ever want to build your own business or establish something. Um, so they give you that within 10 weeks. And then in addition to that, there's this project that we did, which is the meal kit um, that we curated. So there was three fellows and then the other two fellows are amazing, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, they also have amazing, amazing menus. Um, but for mine, I did a Malaysian inspired beer box. And I was like, oh, it's an opportunity where I get to, you know, sell my food nationally. I was like, what's the best like option? Of course, I had to put Malaysian food onto the box, right? So I was like, Nasi Namalak has to be my entree. Like, it has to be. There's no yes. way. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, wow, okay, I have to make this happen. This has to happen for real. Um, but so how my thought process went was I chose my entree first, which was Nasi Lemak, and I built my appetizer and my dessert around that. Um, so for those of you who don't know what uh, nasi lemak is, it is a staple dish in Malaysia. It's a rice dish. Uh, it's a coconut rice with a bunch of condiments on the side um, with ikan bilis, which is um, fried anchovies and fried peanuts. Uh, there's sliced cucumbers, um, there's sambal. That is a super, super key component of nasi lemak. And then... It can be served with uh, curry chicken. Um, it could be served with squid, beef, anything. There's a lot of options out there, but usually the base of nasi lemak is coconut rice, ikan bilis, cucumbers, and sambal. And, and a hard-boiled egg. <laughs> Can't forget that. Unfortunately, that was in the box because of quality reasons, but it was definitely recommended um, to make one to put with your nasi lemak uh, as part of the entree. Um, but there's that. So just from hearing that, uh, that's like kind of like a heavy dish. And because it's such like a heavy flavor profile, I wanted my appetizer to be a little lighter and kind of want to make you salivate for the next bite and make it light. So light and bright. So like you're not going into the entree, like feeling super, super heavy, you know? Um, so for the appetizer, I did uh, Asian crunch slaw, which was like a mix of green and red cabbage, uh, some tomatoes, pickled red onions, and everything mixed with a spicy lime dressing and garnished with crispy shallots for a nice texture. So there was my appetizer. And then nasi lemak was entree. And then for dessert, I wanted to kind of give everyone like a simple dessert to finish off the meal kit with. I didn't really want them to prep anything heavy. Um, so I went for a coconut tiramisu with Milo crumble. And I myself, I'm not really a sweet tooth. So I didn't really want to make it too sweet. <laughs> so hopefully it's not too sweet for you guys. <laughs> 
I feel that. <laughs> you feel that? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I feel that. So I kind of want to like, kind of like creamy, but also light, but not too sweet to kind of like mellow out the end of the meal. So that was kind of the inspiration behind it. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> I, I, I loved it. And I, I like made sure to study your plating pictures so that I could <laughs> plate it very nice and beautifully so that it would be like the best, the best ones, <laughs> the, the best plated. Um, you, you, you had good, good, I would say you had a good, <laughs> super, super good plating. I still remember your photos. Yeah. I, um, when you first told me about the meal kit, and I remember you telling me about wanting to do Malaysian uh, food and cuisine. I was like, mm-hmm. she she better have nasi lemak as the main <laughs> entree. I was like, I want nasi lemak. And I'm glad you walked everyone through what nasi lemak is because the the dish isn't super uh, common. Uh, it's mm-hmm. It's not. I have a very hard time finding good nasi lemak. Like almost any city I go to, it's like kind of hard for me to find one it's hard for me to find Malaysian food mm-hmm. two it's hard for me to find good Malaysian food so it's like it's double hard because a lot of places I, I go and I eat and I'm like uh it's okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you got to try mine yeah I well I, I get to try more in 2024 so I'm excited <laughs> Um, but no, uh, so so that was kind of the inspiration behind your beard box, uh, which is a set menu. Mm-hmm. What is the inspiration for your other dishes as you go into like your your future events? Some maybe I don't want to spoil too much, but your future endeavors in cooking potentially for people. Okay, you're talking about in a few months that one. Yeah, yeah, that. No. <laughs> well, you can talk about it if 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 if, if it's pub if it's okay to be public. Publicized. I think it's still um, I think it's still secret right now, but but okay. um yeah yeah, <laughs> but we could kind of we could kind of dig into it. Yeah. So um, what what is your inspiration behind those dishes that you're going to be cooking for those people? Okay. Um. Let's see. <laughs> um. What is the inspiration behind it? I think for me, definitely, I'm always trying to implement like Asian flavors. Um, if possible, of course, Malaysian cuisine. I mean, even for myself, I'm always learning as a person and as a cook. Like, you know, I kind of grew up in the States, um, in New York City, you know, at the age of five. So like, I still feel like I lack a lot of knowledge when it comes to Malaysian cuisine, but this is the reason why I want to dig into it. And knowing that I have a culinary background and this is what I do for a living, I was like, oh, why not use that as like a stepping stone for me to learn more about my culture and my food. And I think like, you know, I think that's the greatest gift I could give to myself. It's like, oh, I have this, so why not use this to kind of find, you know, this disconnect to my culture, you know, within myself. Um, but I kind of sidetracked it, but, (laughs) um, yeah, definitely. It really depends. Like, you know, events are different. Um, 
depends on you know what the clientele wants and like what they're trying to um, make of the theme and then based off of that that's how I would develop like a menu item and it definitely definitely like where I've worked um, I worked in a lot of contemporary American restaurants that definitely plays a big impact in how I kind of develop my menu items or how I recipe test and like all the things I want to put together and with that I kind of add in like what I want to showcase in flavors like spicy you know I don't want to be ashamed to be showing my own flavors like that's the most important part I love that so like I guess I mean we could even go through it right now like let, let's say I gave you full control of <laughs> of creating let's say let's say like i i wanted um real quick two appetizers two entrees what, what are your go-to's like what, what would you be like oh like two appetizers two entrees i would do this is this and this is this for entrees oh man anything <laughs> no yeah. uh no 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 freedom no yeah, you're, nothing you're no theme you're free to create. Man, what, what, that, what? that leaves me a lot of choices. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, difficult question. I got to brainstorm, Derek. <laughs> got to oh, brainstorm a little bit. <laughs> you didn't brainstorm before? <laughs> um, We're running man. through dishes. To- no. <laughs> <laughs> man. App, two what two appetizers and one entree yeah or even Maybe like your, your go-to dishes my go-to dishes yeah oh i think i think for appetizers if i were to choose two appetizers i think it'll be really fun to do like a shrimp dish um kind of like a you know fast seared shrimp and like with like uh, what's that thing called have you ever had br- butter prawns before? Na- Pron- na- pro- na- That's what oh, they say in Mandarin. Uh, uh, prawns with butter? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have had prawns and with butter before. <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> um, anyways, um, but in Cantonese, they call it nayoha, but it's like basically like like big tiger prawns that are like cooked in like uh coconut curry leaves uh egg floss and all that stuff i think i I would definitely want to do something like that as an appetizer that'd be pretty fun um second appetizer maybe like satay would be kind of cool see you you have it you have it you just need the gears turning a little bit and then no (laughs) it feels like you already have like other dishes in the back of your head now that are that are I think it's just what I want to eat that's coming up in my mind right now it's like I want to eat this so I want to make this that's good inspiration too (laughs) (laughs) um what's next oh entree man entree there's so many things you could do with entrees what do you want though that's the question (laughs) What do you want as my clientele? <laughs> you never okay. So, like, for example, right? For example, I have go-to dishes. Yes. Like 
if you if you're like oh let's i want to do a potluck okay yeah you, you gotta bring a dish oh what would potluck. you bring as as well a little more formal than a potluck but yes like a some, more some, some, something like that where you're like it's like oh you gotta bring two dishes two entrees well what would you what would you bring what's like your your staple your best my best that's a hard question chef <laughs> <laughs> there, there's so many dishes out there man i i'd, I'd say i make a pretty good uh mapo tofu Damn, you're just too good. Where you, no, you have no, no, so no, many no. dishes that you're good at that you can't no, even no, choose. No, 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 no. Oh my gosh, I just no, have like no. two. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like the food I want to cook is kind of more casual and comforting in a sense. And I think like when I was just thinking of entrees, I was thinking like really, really formal and like oh. kind of like fine dining plating and all of that stuff. And I'm like, oh, I have to brainstorm all the components for that, but. If you're telling me to choose one dish in like a casual entree way, yo, mapo tofu. Mapo tofu. With some rice. Yeah. Super, super good. That's it. That's all you need. <laughs> I, I love I'm that hungry you now. I, I, I love I love that you added say, this is a really bad podcast episode for anybody who's hungry, because now <laughs> I'm hungry too. Um but I love that you added like with rice. You have to have it rice. Because I don't think you eat mapo tofu straight. Uh, like maybe, ever. maybe maybe there are people with you know who eat knows it, eat it with bread it, no, they just be. eat it straight up like there's you know just a some... spoonful of mapo tofu that's all there's they gotta eat. be some carbohydrate that absorbs the all okay i'm getting hungry um <laughs> but it it, it sounds it sounds like you have like so when i give you freedom you go into the create like creating something that's like really extravagant like the 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 components the dishes like the mini turnips the the little little uh <laughs> yes yes that that's like when you asked me that i was garnish. like oh i have to think of like four or five components that creates an entree so i was like i can't just pick one like you know yeah it's interesting i like that like, <clears throat> the the way the way that your mind goes immediately to bring together every single component and like how to like plate them and make them work into a dish yeah i think that's super important when you're composing a dish it's like the first thing i thought about oh maybe i need a puree or uh, i need a garnish uh what protein am i gonna cook it could be fish it could be uh pork it could be steak um and like maybe some type of like vegetable or two type of vegetables and how would I want to prepare it to make sure it all comes together and make sure there's like contrasting flavors and textures that kind of create a well-rounded menu item. That was definitely <laughs> the This is the mind thoughts. of a professionally trained cook. <laughs> you know what I had for lunch today? What do you have for lunch today? I had some leftover white rice some leftover pancit, some leftover uh, Cajun chicken, a leftover piece of breakfast sausage, <laughs> leftover fettuccine Alfredo, leftover ground turkey, <laughs> uh, leftover egg, and I threw it all into one bowl. <laughs> hey, I'm pretty sure that's good. That's and it great. was so good. 
I'm, okay, I'm, okay, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> You're not wasting food, so that's super important. I put everything that I had left over into a bowl. But yes, components that harmoniously work together. <laughs> yes. Hey, but hey, at least you're not wasting food. No, definitely. I, I try. I try not to. But for for your near future and long term future, we kind of talked about what's coming up in the next year in 2023 and 2024 too. What do you think is your your goal? that you're shooting for within the next five years, five to 10 years? Five to 10 years. Um, I think in five to 10 years, I would like to see myself have an established brand where I'm selling my own food products, Um, (laughs) you know, condiments, um, snacks. And then with that brand, I would like to bring it to different type of pop-ups. I think that would be super cool. And who knows, like maybe, you know, when I start doing that, that will bring me to other opportunities where maybe I can have my own food truck or like maybe a small brick and mortar place. But I think for me, I personally really enjoy the idea of a food truck. Um, It's just more fun, I guess. Um, it's nice to like drive around and like like I could just imagine having a food truck and go to different events like or night markets or like whoever wants to hire me <laughs> I think it's super fun um, it's great uh, you could travel everywhere and like just meet different like clientele and stuff like that that wants to try your food uh, that's super fun and I think other than that maybe I'll be able to do like my own private dinners and you know all the good stuff all the fun stuff (laughs) I'm excited so you you, like this brand is gonna are you gonna put it all under one umbrella do you think or is it going to be like your um is it going to be separated where your food truck is one thing your uh your sambal and other spices and seasonings and everything is another thing uh, your pop-ups is is one thing. Your brick and mortar is another thing. Or do you think they're all going to be under the same kind of umbrella slash brand name? Um, I think so- for the Malaysian like kind of food I want to dive into, that's definitely going to be under the same umbrella. Like all the condiments, um, mm-hmm. food trucks, that'll be under the same brand. And then as for more personal things, like let's say I want to do private dinners or like maybe like supper club kind of idea kind of thing. I think that's just me, uh, like for myself. I think when I do those type of events, um, definitely my uh, career experience comes into play, like where I will be like kind of folding in my contemporary American experience, like, you know, throughout working in um, restaurants and, you know, the flavors I want to bring in and being able to combine both of that and create like a menu based off of that. I think that's more like a way for me to kind of like do what I want, just like be playful and like create whatever I want to create and just, oh, this is cool. <laughs> Let me do this. <laughs> I think that's like a more like a vague and broad path for me to just do what I want to do. I love that. And for everybody who's listening, remember she, because we're going to be working together on something, at least a few things 
in the next few years. Oh yeah, I'm saying it right, yeah, I, I'm saying it right now. <laughs> I did not know this. Okay, yes. I, I didn't either. I didn't. Either. I didn't either. But um, good to yeah. know. Like some some names, some brand names, just off the top of my head right now. Um, she cooks good food. She creates food. She creates <laughs> good flavors. She's creations. You know what? Like I think these are all potential names for your brand. Yeah. Um, I hope that you take these into consideration. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Credit on the bottom, Derek Ting. <laughs> yeah, I would love to have my name like right on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> imagine never funny i would I, <laughs> that's where the working together comes into play <laughs> but inspired um, by yeah it's, it's inspired by Derek on the bottom Derek of Ting, founder of um founder of little things cafe founder of freestyle oh, oh, apparel that, you're gonna have an essay on the bottom i'm gonna have an essay on the bottom of my brand that'd be great of the little name perfect <laughs> You'll be on the credits, <clears throat> the end credits scrolling through. <laughs> oh my God. On every single jar, eventually things will be digitalized and you would just have- I don't know about every single jar. Um, that's kind of expensive for printing. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> I would laugh Ink so is hard. expensive. <laughs> I want. I just want one jar like that. Okay. Yeah, one jar. And I'm going to keep it forever. You can keep like, it, it in, it, it, in it can, storage. It can, yeah, it can mold. It can do everything. I'll just keep it forever. Like make sure that it make sure that it has preservatives that have lasted a lifetime. Let's put a lot of salt in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But moving from what you want to do in the future, I do have a few questions that I wanted to ask before we close out the podcast to kind of inspire people out there that are that are listening and tuning in and hopefully distract them from the hunger that they're they're experiencing right now. Um, but what do you think? Uh, when you got started, what do you were there things that sort of held you back from putting yourself out there or doing certain things with your brand uh, that you learned in the in the beginning of when you started streaming and content creation and everything that held you back in the beginning that you learned that don't really matter and don't have a hold on you anymore? I think myself definitely holds me back. Just being afraid, being scared of what's next. Um, it's just the mindset definitely holds you back. But I think once you're able to overcome that, you're like, oh, what are you afraid of? Like, what what's so scary? If you never tried it, how will you know, right? Um, I think once you're able to overcome that, then that's when you start like snowballing. And that's when you're not afraid to do stuff. And you know, you're down to try new experiences and that's how you grow. And I think that's super important. How do you think you did it? Because you you mentioned just a tiny bit of, of uh, you don't know, right? You, mm-hmm. you don't know until you do it. But the not knowing part is the scariest part. But that's also the fun part. <laughs> uh-huh. so, so is... <laughs> So yeah, tell tell me tell me how you kind of changed that narrative and how you took like something that you were initially so scared of and and kind of like jumped right into it. Will you say this is for in terms of like streaming? <clears throat> terms or of anything. 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 
Well, I feel like, I feel like, I think the most important part to remember about this is that this is, this will always happen throughout your whole life. I mean, I'm only 26, but <laughs> I feel like I've like gone through this like many, many times in my life where I just have to push through. Like, it's not like, oh, one day you change your mindset and it's just going to continue with like continue forever. But I feel like it's definitely important to remind yourself that what are you scared of and stuff like that because every time I come into like this type of situation I have that like the whole cycles happens to me it's like oh you know I kind of I'm kind of like fighting my old self and it's like hey it's okay you can do it etc cetera, etc cetera. but I also think like sometimes that like the unknown is kind of fun <laughs> I think that's definitely the thing that drives me and pushes me it's like you don't know what's next isn't that cool <laughs> isn't that exciting um yeah I don't know I think that's that's like the reason behind at least for me I love that you don't know what's next isn't that exciting isn't that exciting I it's don't like, know what's wow next. that's cool right I don't know what's next isn't that exciting is I I think I think if you just start taking that You'll, I think you'll be able to change your life entirely because I, I talked about it a lot recently mm-hmm. um, and it just adds to like how important it is like that fear that you yourself hold yourself back because of so many fears that you you feel like are there but fear scared and excitement are kind of the same emotions just the mm-hmm. different meaning that you tie to it and so yeah. when you start looking at things like wow like I don't know what the hell is going to happen <clears throat> in my life in the upcoming years but that's exciting though yes then you can start to really open up like the possibilities of of what the future can hold so I love that answer I I love it because I, I preach it all the time and it's the only reason why I'm in the position I'm in right now too it's because I just yeah you're wild you're built different. <laughs> you're 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 wild you're a different species i don't know how you do it <laughs> yeah all the things you tell me you do it's it's crazy I'm not supposed to tell people that i'm different i just think slightly differently but Guys, our capa- Derek does a lot of things our capabilities are the same <laughs> i just think slightly differently Every time something scares me, I fucking jump into it. And then like just I just go ham. Like the the only reason why I do so many things is that exact reason. Mm. Which is like 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 for example, right? Uh easiest example is in college, right? Um being a part of one club. You're like, oh shit, you know, one club, so much, right? And then mm-hmm. you're part of two. And I'm talking about like executive board, board of directors, that kind of stuff. So I'm like, I'm like, wow, what what would it be like if I was on <laughs> two boards? Oh my goodness. Right? And then I yes. would join two. And I'd be like, well, I really want to dance on a dance team. <laughs> Why not do all three? And I, I would do that. And then there's two dance teams in the spring. They're like, oh, like Derek, like, come on, you gotta dance yeah. with us. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what would it be like if I did two dance teams, two orgs? run a business do senior engineering project do school travel and do all this stuff and at then, the same time and then that's Derek tank for you 
And then this is the guy that's I took it into real life. And I'm just like, oh shit. Like <laughs> I have this opportunity, but then this one works in parallel with this one. Wow, that's exciting too. Like, why don't I do that one? Um, and then it's it's just it's just like that. But it's just it's that principle of just taking any situation that you feel fear to and mm-hmm. fucking running into it head first. Because mm-hmm. the, the worst, worst, worst thing you can do is fall flat on your face. Yes. And it's not that bad. It's really not that bad. You just get back up. Yeah, exactly. One event, like, what are you going to, what's the worst thing that can happen to you at one event? What's the worst thing that can happen to you if everything fails at your first pop-up? You go, I'm sorry, I tried. And everybody knows that you're sincere mm-hmm. and everybody wants to see you succeed. So they come back, they, <clears throat> they'll come back to your next one and you learn everything that you did from the first one. But if you didn't do the first one, how the fuck are you going to do the second yeah. one? There yeah. It has agree. to be a first. Totally agree. Yeah. So you, you fall flat on your face. It doesn't matter. Like it's okay. And that's exactly why I just add on and do whatever the fuck I want. Because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God. What? wouldn't it be so cool if i also did this i'm like yes and then i do it but that's what she was alluding to every time there's something that comes up that i'm like excited about or like scares me i usually run into it face first yes if you know if you guys know derek you already know how he is he'd be like (laughs) projects left and right up and down everywhere freaking south southwest southeast (laughs) just all directions all cardinal directions just all cardinal directions you already know he's going for it you you ask him to do one thing yes he's always gonna say yes (laughs) don't say that (laughs) i was gonna ask no but but i i I mean you're you're gassing me up right now but i think you're downplaying the fact that like like of how much you are doing on the back end that you're not yet allowed to share because there's so much going on but i don't know if you can talk about it can can you what for what you have going on yeah everything you have going on right now um i think i have to wait Okay. I don't think I'm supposed she, to talk about it yet. She she can't say what she's doing yet, but she's the exact same. So <laughs> I don't know why she's saying it for me. Because like she has so many events. Uh, yes. People to cook for, things that are happening, secret things that are <laughs> that are developing. Yes. Cows that she has to get for 2024. Cows on on board cutouts for 2024 for Derek. Need the cows. They they need time to grow. So um, (laughs) I'll see them in a year and a month. Trust me when I say that she does and operates very similarly. And I'm just getting some gas right now. (laughs) But she is also the same way. And I think that if you start living in this way, I think you'll have a lot more fun to be honest like I think I think I, I don't know how how would you describe your life after you started to kind of <clears throat> jump at things instead and like face it instead of like pulling yourself back from it first of all I think it's exhausting but it's super fun see that's all that matters yeah. <laughs> but it's super fun <laughs> like wow like I remember when I was um doing the fellows program and just like working at the same time I will wake up and like in the morning have class for like one to two hours 
and then maybe try to take a nap and then like head to work and that would be like 10 weeks straight but then it didn't end there because <laughs> there was the meal kit thing so like I also had to do other stuff but now the now when I look back to it it's like I did that that's crazy like I, that that yeah. is that is the whole point <clears throat> that is the fact that you can look back at it and be like oh holy shit I did that yeah because now what else can you do <laughs> that is true <clears throat> what 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 like realistically speaking like if you just keep adding a little bit more where is like you you can't stop there there's your potential is limitless I always say your potential is limitless because it, it really is like after you do it you're like oh shit I did that and then you add one tiny bit more and then you look back again you're like, oh shit I did one too <laughs> yeah one too bad <clears throat> and then you add more and more and more and then all of a sudden in 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 a few years you got brick and mortar you got food truck you got you got your whole condiments and sauces and everything that's going on you got everything like a whole like it's called she's empire <laughs> <laughs> that sounds nice <laughs> that sounds cool yeah so yeah. it's happening right yeah yeah exactly okay awesome. yeah <laughs> yeah so uh <laughs> i did want uh one, one more question before we kind of go into wrapping things up but what is something that you believe in that you think most people disagree with or maybe just don't have the full understanding of? Hmm. I stole this question. You stole this question? Yeah, it was a really good question, so I had to ask you. It's a hard question. Um, man. Well, I don't know if most people disagree with this. I feel like there are people who agree with this, but basically whatever happens happens that's how I live my life and I I don't know <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> um that's man. a good answer though is that a, is I feel like a lot of people agree with that no it uh, mm -hmm. I I think well everything is kind of subjective right in the way mm, yeah, that you look very, at it yeah but i think in, in i i think similarly i think we think similarly so i can understand where you're coming from when you say that um but whatever happens happens it it, it like it's like when you when you do an action whatever kind of happens happens as opposed to inaction right is is that kind of where you're going with it I guess what I mean by that is whatever opportunity comes will come. Whatever is meant for you, the universe will give you. Um, if there are hardships, it's there for a reason. Um, I don't know. It's just like, why fight the things that naturally come to you? That it's, it's, it's here for you for a certain reason. I guess if that makes sense. <laughs> that's such a good answer why'd you hold that back <laughs> i don't know i feel like there's a lot of people who agree with that though but i guess yeah you it is subjective depending i i, I truly think the the majority of people don't think like that because the majority of people are not happy 
it's like the majority of people feel as though each thing that happens is a is like something that negative something negative that happens is like something that like shoots down their mm-hmm. like their mood their their mm-hmm. self-worth and stuff as opposed to something happens to you and you take it as a lesson mm-hmm. and i think the majority of people are unhappy because they they can't let that go mm-hmm. that that's that's how i feel mm-hmm. whereas so i think your answer is actually an amazing answer <laughs> i don't know why you held that <laughs> off <laughs> i wasn't sure <laughs> i wasn't sure that's why but yes that's a, that's my answer <laughs> it's a good answer it, it is because because like when you understand that whatever happens happens when you understand that everything has a reason mm-hmm. it doesn't pull you down as much yes right so when the, it doesn't pull you down as much it's less weight on your shoulders so you get to move more free. You get to do yes. more. You get to be out more. You get to experience more because one thing is not holding you back for longer than it needs to. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Yeah, so I think it's super answer. important. Yeah, to kind of like remind yourself that you know whatever happens happens, and it's like it's like why control? Why try to control something you can't control, which is outside factors? It's it's a never-ending cycle that will make you, you know, feel negative about yourself or even the things around you. I think, yeah, I guess that's something I do live by. I just never really notice. <laughs> I just I just never notice. I don't know. But hard questions gets good answers. <laughs> uh, don't don't hold back next time. Just say it. Because okay. that that was when when it comes to something like that it's like some people need to hear that some Mm -hmm. people need it some people are going through things that that might be like negative Mm -hmm. but if if you can attach a meaning to it 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 changes the entire you literally rewrite the story you're writing yourself yes yourself it's all in your mind and so, yeah, and, and that's powerful. So I th- I think that's a great answer. That's a great response. Um, and like specific, if we're talking specifics, then we're talking about something like, um, let's say I go and do a pop-up and I fall flat on my face. Nothing works. I get shut down by health inspector and I have to, I have to Oof. scratch it. I have to scratch it all, right? Yeah. That's devastating. You prepared everything. You invested. You brought a team there. You brought people there. You hyped it up. It's devastating, right? Mm-hmm. But, but if you tie it with that negative emotion, chances are you're not going to want to do it again. Because why would you want to do feel that negative emotion again? Why why would you want to go have to potentially go through that again, right? Mm-hmm. But if you tell a a different story to yourself and and say it as view it as a learning experience view it as like you you don't know what you don't know and now you know mm-hmm. now next time you'll know exactly what the health inspectors are looking for you'll know exactly how to run it you'll know exactly how much you need you know exactly like the you know so by tying that meaning to it a learning experience to that that situation 
you are actually empowered to go and do better the next time as opposed to feeling devastated and sorry for yourself that you have you ever even tried Mm, yes so it's it's important and and i hope that you guys listening um are slightly less hungry now and i know (laughs) got some got some good messages in here i'm gonna clip these up like these these need to go out there um but while before we wrap it up um do you have any a last kind of like parting message for those who are listening today? Um, stay healthy, <laughs> stay happy, eat lots of good food. As long as you eat good food, you'll always be happy. Um, then that's it. Drink lots of water, guys. <laughs> I love it. Very, very <laughs> practical. Very practical. <laughs> very That's practical all you need. Message. This is a very practical message. I've never heard such a practical message, but I like it because it's necessary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and whatever flows, flows, guys. Remember that. Yeah. Right. Don't let it hold you back. <laughs> I'll end so, it with a, with a more meaningful touch. <laughs> drinking water is pretty important too. <laughs> drinking water is very important. But where can people find you? Oh, where can people find me? Yes. Um, I am on Instagram. Um, I have two platforms actually. I have a, two. I have a food one, and then I have a more like personal one. Um, so I do have my more personal one, which is Hiroshi, and then there is my food one, which is called Hungry She. You yes. should switch switch the two. She hungry. <laughs> I've actually thought of that name before, and I was like, "Hmm, this is kind of weird, and it's kind of funny." And we're gonna get make fun of. <laughs> it's so it's so funny. You should you should definitely do it. I should have um, done it. But yes, if you haven't already followed her, <clears throat> make sure to go and follow her personal and her cooking, Haroshi and hungry she, because one, you're gonna see her personal life and journey. The other, you're going to see her cooking life and journey. Um, So you make sure to follow her on both accounts. Um, But thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to this episode today. She, thank you so much for being a part of this episode, coming on and sharing your story and and some thoughts and some lessons. Um, Super grateful and appreciative that you're on. Super happy and that you were able to, that we made this happen and Super grateful to all of you guys who are listening at home, in the car, in the gym. Thank you guys so much for being a part of the show. And that's all we have time for today. So peace until the next episode. Bye, guys. Have a good day. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Now I'm going up. Put the fire to the fuse. Now I'm blowing up. Yeah, the haters in the back. I ain't knowing up. And I've been